everyone. Hi, everyone. Here's our sharing for Thursday from Psalm 24. The first two verses, uh, I asked the question, what is my response to this basic truth of who God is? It says, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. It's this issue of, do I acknowledge that God is the one who created the world and to acknowledge that everything in it belongs to Him? And um, thought about how if I acknowledge this, it will put me in this basic posture of a creature, acknowledging I am created, I belong, and I don't define. But rather, there is one who founded and established everything. Uh, for David, although he was a king and he had actually obtained much, it was really clear for him when he saw who God was that he was the one who created and is sovereign and Lord over all. This sounds so basic, but um, think about how all of like our spiritual troubles and struggles are um, backsliding and, and like feeling dry or distant from God. Like it all probably stems from forgetting this basic truth. Yeah. And um, you know the scholars are not sure um, when David wrote this, but uh, it could be when David was um, returning the ark uh, back to uh, Israel, or uh, it could be a song of ascent as he's trekking up the hill towards um, the temple to worship God. But yeah, it's it's so profound that square one, you know, step one of coming to God is acknowledging this basic truth. Mm -hmm. God, everything belongs to you and those who dwell on the earth, including my life. Yeah. The next thought it kind of follows naturally in verse three. Uh, if this is who God is, he's the rightful king and owner of all of life in my life, then who can actually come before him? It says in verse three, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and stand in his holy place? And um, David goes on to describe like such a person. Mm -hmm. So I think clean hands and pure heart, we can understand it's those who uh, deeds are good. There's integrity, um, pure heart, our motives and intentions are pure. It, there's no ulterior motives. Uh, I wanted to describe a little bit what the next phrase might mean. Does not lift up his soul to what is false. Uh, I thought about lifting soul, it's, it's not trusting what is false. And when I thought of what is false, I thought of idols. So basically it's one who doesn't trust idols and seek after idols, does not swear deceitfully. And thought about why would one swear deceitfully? Uh, maybe because there's something in the heart that's contrary to God. We have desires and intentions that's, uh, that's other than God. And so um, this person, what comes out of their mouth, what they swear by, it'll reveal that about the heart. Or they're swearing in the name of God, but the reality of what they're trusting in is actually not God. Yeah. So that's hypocrisy, but it's also just coming to God with a, like an impure heart, mm -hmm. and compartmentalized, uh, compromised heart. Yeah, so David is saying this is how we need to be in order to stand before God. I think the reality is we can read this and feel like, man, this is not me. Like, how, how, how long can I stay uh, pure in heart and not, not ever trust anything other than God? Mm -hmm. I mean, we just live one or two days and then we feel like we can't m match up to this description and therefore we can't stand before God. And actually, that's, that is our true state. We're just, you know, we're, we're sick, we're, we're sinners. So it seems like David might be stating the impossible, but when we get to verse 6, uh, such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Yeah. He's describing like a... like a, a people who's kind of living this daily, mm -hmm. learning how to live this daily. Yeah, it's a process, not a static condition before God. It's, it's not something you do once and then you're clean after that. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a daily posture that we need yeah. to learn to have. So I think a word that just captures this whole process and what he's describing is repentance. Mm -hmm. It's daily, you know, turning... Um, daily turning from things that are false and confessing the impurities of the heart and mm -hmm. um, yeah, confessing the things that I have done with my hands or not done with my hands that make me unclean. Yeah, the idols that I have lifted, I trusted today rather than God. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther um, describes repentance not as just this one painful ordeal that we do uh, when uh, absolutely necessary, but he says um, all of life uh, should be one of repentance. Mm -hmm. So as David, in a way, is exhorting the people of Israel to be seekers of God, the God of Jacob, and to um, be, try to be those ones who can stand in God's holy place. Mm -hmm. He ends the psalm with um, verses 7 to 10 talking about uh, a distinct person, uh, the King of Glory, and someone who's um, coming up to the gates and coming up to the temple. Mm -hmm. Lift up your heads, O gates, be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of Glory may come in. Some... Turning the attention on not just us and how can we come before God, but... This reality that there's a yeah. King who wants to come in, yeah. and we need to let him in. Who, who is so worthy that the gates should just lift up their head and, and swing open and welcome him in. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then, so he's, he just repeats this phrase, who is this king of glory? He repeats it twice. And there's all these descriptions of him uh, and his glory. Um, th these phrases like, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle, the Lord of hosts. And so I think no wonder, um, you know, no wonder people as they were anticipating who is uh, the one to come, the, the Messiah, they had notions of him as he's a conquering king, he's going to kick out the Romans. Um, and I think this is one of those messianic, messianic psalms. Mm -hmm. But interestingly, um, this whole word, this notion of glory, this idea of glory, um, comes out in the Gospel of John, right when Jesus enters the temple in, in the triumphal entry in chapter 12. And Jesus says of himself in that moment in verse 23 of John 12, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And then again in verse 28, he says, he says Father, glorify your name. And then God speaks from the heavens and says, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. And what is Jesus talking about in this um, in this moment, he's talking about the cross. It is something very different, like God's notion of strong and mighty, um, defeating our foes is, is not the foes we're thinking of. So if this is who the King of Glory is and he's the God of the cross, then what does it mean to let him come in, may, uh, that the King of Glory may come in? It's to be people who let this King of Glory reign, reign in our lives, reign in our hearts, uh, reign in our community. And if he's going to reign, then his notion of glory has to overturn our notions of glory and what we're seeking after, the kind of power that we want. Yeah, it's not power to have control over our lives mm -hmm. or to just always get what we want mm -hmm. but it's the power to uh, descend it's the power to sacrifice mm -hmm. and to, to love ultimately mm -hmm. yeah i thought it was interesting because he starts by saying how can we ascend and go stand before the lord and actually it seems like he's ending with actually it's letting the king of glory come in mm -hmm. it's not come into like a physical place but it turns out it's coming to our hearts mm -hmm. yeah and i think those who let the king of this kind of king of glory like the king of this kind of glory enter into their hearts i think would really be those, that generation in verse 6 who seek seek the God of Jacob, yeah. welcoming him in daily. Yeah, so let's be God's people in this kind of way, not just looking after ourselves and trying to um, seek power or glory for ourselves, but a people who really want to seek after God and allow him to enter into our hearts daily. Mm -hmm. All right, that's it. All right, have a good Thursday. Bye-bye.